the Bible Study Podcast, episode 172. Today is the last in a series of studies on money. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. This is part eight. I'd originally thinking maybe there was going to be a part nine. The other part, though, I just don't think is going to work out to be a whole episode. Let me just tell you that there is a theme in the Bible about being honest with our money, not cheating on our taxes, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's, not being dishonest with our scales or with our dealings with one another, not stealing from one another, but I'm thinking that that's something that probably doesn't need to be said quite as much, and so I'm not going to do a whole episode on that. Instead, I'm going to get to probably the one that I have been putting off somewhat as being the most controversial of all of this series on money, because this has to do with what we do with our money and how we deal with one another. We're going to go to Acts for a couple different sections here. We're going to start in Acts 2, starting at verse 42 and going through verse 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That is the very first description we get of the church after the day of Pentecost. This is Acts 2, so the section just before this is Peter preaching the sermon that leads to the 3,000 people being added to the number from the original believers. And then this description about the fellowship of the believers, this description about what we will later call the church, is the first description of how they then live. And there's some radical things with this, specifically what they did with their money. Because it says they sell their possessions and goods and give to everyone as they have needs, and they continue to meet together and they share their meals together. Their faith was so deep, their faith was so real, that it affected the things they held most dear, which for many of us is money. That is it way up there with family and country, that is one of those things, what we do with our money is very important to us. And if we're going to be selfish in any area, our time and our money are the two things that we are probably most selfish with. And so this behavior that they have here is radical. If you had to put in economic terms what this is, you'd probably have to say that this has something to do with socialism or collectivism or, God forbid, communism. And I use that term even though I know it's going to scandalize some people because if you're not scandalized by this behavior, you probably don't get it. The way they're behaving is very different than the way they were behaving the week before. Their faith has changed them profoundly. And then again from Acts 4, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his alone, but they shared everything they had. With great powers, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. 
there were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This is a description of the church just two chapters later, after Peter and John have been dragged before the Sanhedrin, when they're starting to get opposition. And again, notice how much it focuses on money, how much it focuses on possession, and how they cared for one another using the possessions that they had. This is the first introduction that we get into Barnabas. Barnabas, who we talked about quite a lot in the study in Acts, because Barnabas is the one who later on brings Paul into the fellowship, and Barnabas is the one who later on brings Paul on the first missionary journey. And Barnabas is, from his introduction here, a person who is so encouraging that they change his name. We don't know him as Joseph. We know him as Barnabas, literally son of encouragement. And the first thing that he does to encourage the other believers is what he does with his money, what he does with his possessions. And he is not selfish with them. He is selfless with them. And now I want to look at one more section here, and this is where it gets really interesting because this is the very next section of Scripture Remember, we have people who are selling their possessions, selling their houses and their fields particularly from time to time to care for or to pay for the expenses of those who are in need. And we get this story from Acts 5 about Ananias and Sapphira. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young man came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price that you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you agree to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young man came in, and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Yeah, no duh. What is going on here? So Barnabas sells a field, takes the money, and puts it at the apostles' feet. Ananias and Sapphira sell a field, take some of the money, and put it at the apostles' feet. And apparently, from the context here, tell them 
this is the full proceeds of the sale of the field. Now, I say that because, remember, Sapphira is asked specifically, is this the price you got for the land? And she says, yes. What are they trying to do here? It looks like they're trying to be like Barnabas. Barnabas, who has gained favor with the people, who is being called son of encouragement because of his generous, selfless act. And they are trying to do that, but they don't have it in them. And as Peter points out to them, there was no obligation for them to sell the field. And after they sold the field, there was no obligation for them to give one drachma, one denarius, one talent to the work of God, to the work of the church. It was theirs. They didn't have to do that. But when they did it, they did it dishonestly. They tried to lie, apparently trying to lie to build up favor. And that's not supposed to be the reason that we give. The reason that we give is not supposed to be to gain a reputation for giving. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The other thing that's going on is the reason that I consider some of these teachings to be controversial or radical compared to our culture. Now, politics is one thing that I really try and stay away from in these studies because it is such a divisive area within our society. But this is an area where the left and the right disagree on money. And as someone who is in between politically, just so you know, I'm an independent voter. It sounds to me like if you were on the right and you listen to the left, it sounds like they're saying... Your money is our money. If you're on the left and you're listening to the right talk about money, it sounds like they're saying, my money is my money. What the church is saying, what the church learned, the way the church behaved, instead, except for Ananias and Sapphira here, is my money is your money. So not a regulation to give, but an obligation to support one another. An understanding that we are the church together. An understanding that we have an obligation to support one another out of love. And so this is an area where I think quite often neither the left nor the right gets it right. But I think we are called to think differently about our money. As we wrap up this study, I do want to leave you with that passage that we talked about before from First John. This is the message that you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And then skipping down to verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? 
Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And I believe that the Bible is calling us, as we act out that love that we are called to, to do it with our time, to do it with our money. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and to this series of episodes on money. I'm not quite sure where we'll go next. It might be a little bit of a surprise next week. I have three studies in mind, one on Revelation, although I may put that off because that's going to take a long time, and frankly, I'm afraid of it. Two, a study on the prophet Elijah, which I'm recently thinking might be an interesting study. I don't think that would be a long study, but I think there's some things to gain from that. And a third one, a study on parenting. Now, I know that not all of you are parents, or some of you are post-parenthood, some of you are pre-parenthood, some of you have no plans to ever enter into parenthood. But one of the reasons that I think it's useful to think about doing that, and I'm kind of leaning that direction, is that we understand our relationship with God through the relationship of parenthood. When we call God Father, we are doing that because that informs us of something. So I'm leaning towards doing a study on parenthood because I also think it's commonly misunderstood what the Bible says about parenthood. So give me your thoughts. Leave them as a comment on this episode of the Bible Study Podcast or drop me an email to host at the Bible Study Podcast or go to the Facebook page or catch me on Twitter at Chris2x. As always, thanks so much for listening. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus, so ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.